Well, hi there, and welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Father Greg. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but in this episode, we have a homily for Sunday, July 3rd, 2022. I don't know how we got to be in July already. The time has flown. Let's begin with a reading from the Gospel of Luke. Luke writes, After this, the Lord appointed seventy others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you, Cure the sick who are there, and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me. And whoever rejects me, rejects the one who sent me. The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The Gospel of Christ. May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone, and again, welcome back. You know, this week I've been thinking a lot about the idea of legacy. What do we leave behind, and how will we be remembered? It may have all started earlier this week when I was teaching our daughter how to barbecue. If you've ever talked with me longer than about five minutes, you've probably figured out that my daughter and barbecue are two great passions in my life, so bringing them together seems to be a no-brainer. I showed her little tricks that I've learned about choosing charcoal, getting it lit, and then distributing the heat as evenly as possible. As we talked, I remembered how my father taught me many of these same tricks, often around a fireside. I wonder if she would pass them on to someone else. Ironically, I also thought about my own grandmother. 
One of the things that I remember about her was the Christmas pudding that she made every year. We enjoyed them when we got together with my dad's side of the family each year on Boxing Day. However, she was very protective about her recipe. When she died, she took her recipe with her. The following Christmas, we enjoyed the last of her Christmas puddings that we found wrapped in tinfoil in her freezer. Even as we enjoyed it, it was as though we were experiencing the end of an era. Of course, I've had Christmas pudding since, but never quite the same as Granny's recipe. So these are the ideas about legacy that have been swirling through my mind this week. Of course, a true sense of legacy is not contained in the lumps of charcoal, nor is it wrapped in tinfoil with my granny's Christmas pudding. The real legacy is in the time spent together. The mutual teaching and learning that exists between generations. This is what we see Jesus doing in Luke's Gospel today. Jesus sends 70 of his disciples in pairs to various towns where Jesus intended to go himself. These 70 were people who had already seen Jesus at work, who had heard his teachings, and experienced what he called the kingdom of God. They had learned from him and dedicated themselves to Jesus' teachings. These are the people that Jesus sent out to share that kingdom with other people. On one hand, it's as though the 70 are preparing the way for Jesus, building up the hype before he arrives. On the other hand, Jesus is very frank that the 70 will not be well received everywhere they go. Jesus tells them, that people in some places would be very receptive, while others will be quite the opposite. When this happens, the 70 are to shake the dust off their feet and walk away. In any event, the 70 are still to go, offering the peace and healing of God's kingdom to all that they meet. But notice what Jesus is doing here. He is not simply focusing on the number of people who will follow him in each town. He's drawing the 70 deeper into the legacy, teaching them how to build the church as they go. It's not simply about those who would be recipients of God's grace who live in the towns that the 70 are being sent to. Inasmuch as the 70 are actively sharing the kingdom of God, they are also recipients of God's grace. The 70 are being drawn in as active members of Jesus' story, promoting his work and helping to teach his ways. They are active members of Jesus' legacy, learning to share the good news of the kingdom of God with those that they meet. We see the theme of active participation recurring throughout Jesus' time on earth. After Jesus' resurrection and before his return to heaven, Matthew describes him giving the following commission to his disciples. Matthew writes, Jesus, undeterred, 
went right ahead and gave this charge to his disciples. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet, far and near, in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this, day after day, right up to the end of the age. You see, the legacy that Jesus was building was not simply about numbers. It's not about the number of people sitting in a synagogue or in a church or singing hymns. It's not about how nice the egg salad sandwiches are at coffee hour. The legacy of Jesus of Nazareth is about people growing in faith and then learning to share that faith with other people. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but the disciples were not to try to anticipate people's response. They are to take the message wherever they are sent, no matter the likelihood of a yes. If we identify ourselves as disciples of Christ, that is our challenge as well. You see, this is the model that we've been given for growing the church. It takes time and commitment, and is based on our relationship with our family, friends, and neighbors. There will definitely be some no's along the way. I can guarantee it. But there will also be those that say yes. The question for you and I today is to ask how we've been drawn into this legacy. What do you know about this person, Jesus? Who is he to you? How are we each sharing what we've learned with others? These are all questions that we must ask ourselves. Let's pray. God, you are working still, breaking down and building up. Open our eyes to discern your hands so that we may take our place as laborers together with you. Hear this prayer for your love's sake. Amen. Amen.